0: Girls, I' be welcome to love thats love talk. It's Thursday. Oh, I don't know what it is. I slept hard, 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 hard. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I slept well. I think you know what it is. I really need a new mattress. that's that's the God's honest truth.
1: I need a new mattress, I think. I think that's the heart of it. <laughs> and mattresses are not. Deep. Maybe I just buy a new topper. Maybe I could do that. Let's see what that does. Anyway. Uh, hello. Happy <laughs> Thursday.
0: <coughs> so uh, I wanted to talk about this the other day. Oh, by the way, last night, the Poetry Slam, the International Festival of Arts and Ideas Poetry Slam with the word. Uh, uh, and folks, oh, um, it was supposed to be on the green, but the rain uh, chased us to the dome at the Schwarzman Center, which was really nice. I like that space a lot,
1: and uh, uh, I like that space a lot. So anyway, we we judged the uh, the the poetry
0: slam. Oh. And these are some poets that I had heard at the MLK Peabody, the MLK celebration at the Peabody, which was really, really good. Uh, it was so good, though. I, I'm always impressed. You no, know, I've gotten away from um, spoken word slams, uh, but I don't know. Since MLK weekend, uh, the I've been wanting to come back to it because people have so much. To say, people are really prolific in what they're saying. So uh, it was really good. I enjoyed that very much. Forgive me, my side is hurting me. I don't know why. I mean, I know, I kind of know why. I see the doctor today, so we'll we'll we'll
1: we'll figure out.
0: Um, I was at the doctor's. I was at the blood draw. Was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. Oh my God! This little asshole phlebotomist. With the red hair, somebody hears me talking and they know who he is at Quest Medical. He shouldn't be a phlebotomist. he sucked. I told him, my veins are small. Oh, I'm a professional.
1: Anyway, I'm, I'm, I can't even see. Uh, you can see on my, you can see on my, look at that. Like, like I was in some kind of domestic
0: violence situation. Ah. Uh. Gosh. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about uh, the settlement
1: that the city has to uh, adhere to with uh, the police brutality case. And uh, excuse me for yawning. It's tired. I'm on the
0: New Haven Independent side. Let me see if I can find it. It was a few days ago. and uh, Oh, they got somebody who was there. Somebody was there from the Independent at the Poetry Slam.
1: I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, uh, Let's see. I know it's up here because I saw it, but I wanted to talk
0: about it because this goes back to my case about municipalities cannot pay, continue to pay out uh, these high uh, case awards. They're not gonna be able to do it. 45 million is a lot of dollars for a city, for anybody, for anywhere. And that's, that's a lot, you know what I mean? Um, and so if they wanna keep doing that mess, uh, they're gonna bankrupt cities and towns. So I, my argument is, yes, sue them because money is transformative. You know, the people that got to pay it out uh, is transformative. I know the city of Miami doesn't have forty-five million dollars, but they got to find it because now they gotta, they gotta pay. They gotta pay for this. They got paid for this, uh, I think it's Cox. They got to pay him. because he's paralyzed for the rest of his life, you know. Now, in his lifetime, he was going to make twenty six million dollars, maybe not, maybe, I don't know.
1: Uh, but, you know, uh, that that was that's what
0: it is. And so if municipalities across this country, are going to be willing to pay these high uh, awards, at some point they're gonna bankrupt themselves. And so my point is that you're you're gonna have to be very diligent about who you hire on these police forces because it's going to cost you. And, And I would say this, if you're a police officer and you get caught doing this, you ought to lose your pension. It ought to go to pay offset the award, you know what I mean? Like, you sacrifice a lot for that kind of foolish behavior. You know, I don't know. I just, money screams. Money is what changes, is transformative if you have to pay it out. And I dare say that these um, municipalities across this country are gonna have to wrestle with, you know what, we can't continue to you know, we can't continue to do this. We can't continue these kinds of incidences. We can't continue to have police who are not trained well and accurately and, and thoroughly. We, we, we can't afford it. We, we, we've got to do something different. And, you, and we've got to tell people who joined the force, listen, if you have mis-police misconduct, this is what you stand to lose. And this is what's going to happen. So the the thin blue line, that thin blue wall, or concrete wall, or whatever whatever they like to liken it to, is gonna have to be torn down. So, and I'm not suggesting people don't deserve their awards, the judgments. Nope, I'm not saying that. You got good ass attorney that'll get it for you, then you get it. Otherwise, you know. The city can't afford another one of these, you know. And, and, I'll, and this is the other part I'll say, you don't gotta be white to do the work of white supremacy. You don't have to be white to do the work of white supremacy. And these police officers was doing the work of white supremacy. They were indifferent, they were inhumane, and they ought to be ashamed, that's it. They knew that they was wrong for carrying on that way. You can't tell me. I know when they look at that video of themselves, they, they got to say, what's I thinking? You know, they, they probably, you know, when you have that disregard, I, people commit crimes. Your job is not to be the judge, jury, executioner. Your job is to take them into custody, which means take them into your care until all the, all the evidence, all the legal recourse, all the things are done. It's not your job to dole out punishment. It's not your job. This is the thing that p- police officers need to get. It's not your job. Your job is not to dole, dole out punishment. I don't care what you think the badge affords you, your guns, your, 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 your tasers, your car, your motorcycle. I don't care what you think that allows for, it does not. And the sooner that we start making that a little bit more clearer, making that very clear, in the training of uh, police officers, I think we'll have a better force. I mean, New Haven has already said you go, you can't come on the force without at least two years of college. That right there levels the playing field a little bit, right? That gives
1: you some sense of think some you be dealing with somebody that could think. But beyond that, you no, know, I'm for police doing what they got to do. I I I was a police commissioner.
0: I respect police but I also know there are some bad police officers out there and and good police officers have to be a part of weeding out bad police officers that's just what it is you know if you you see your partner or another officer doing wrong you got to open your mouth because you want that same courtesy if something is happening to someone in your family this I'ma be quiet mess I'm going to look the other way, mess, is mess. And what kind of human being do you want to be where you say, we all on this job together. This job means more to me than my humanity. This job means more to me than, than, uh, than, than how I want to show up in, the, in, in God's eyes. Uh, this job means more to me than, than how I want my family to see me. That's how these officers got to be thinking about this. Now, I don't care if somebody's popping off at the mouth. Popping off at the mouth ain't a crime, not a crime. People can stand outside all day and talk all the ish. That's not a crime. And who are these police officers where their feelings are so fragile that they can't be harshly talked to by folks that they are taken into care? Ah. Show up with your humanity intact. Put your humanity on the badge. And please don't tell me, oh, you know, it's dangerous. I know it's dangerous out here. I live in these streets just like you walk these streets. I live in these streets. I have to be concerned about my safety and well-being, too. You think citizens are not concerned about their own well-being? But I want to know if a
1: cop shows up, no further harm it's gonna be doled out. That's all I'm saying. And if you got disdain for black and brown people,
0: then you need to come clean with that and get off the force. You know, if, you're, if your goal is just beat down black and brown people and young people, because you feel some kind of way, because you feel superior to them, because you think you know more than what they know, or you just don't like the look of them, you don't like the way they their attitude, you think they're disrespectful, you know, and that's another thing. People don't understand what respect is. You know, that mess works both ways. It goes both ways. You know, so to all the good cops out there, and there are a lot of them, a lot of them, y'all have to do the work of getting rid of the bad cops. And I know y'all know the bad cops. You know them. You work with them. And I if I were you, I don't know if I'd want to be aligned with a bad cop with my life on the line out there. If he's gonna do this to citizens, you know what I mean? I can't trust his judgment. To me, it's one of the same. If you if you pick and choose your humanity like that, I can't get down with you. I can't trust you. You can't have my back. If you're picking and choosing who you're gonna be. Who, who are you going to treat like human? Mm-mm.
1: No way. So anyway,
0: so that's all I'm saying. These, these municipalities across this country can't, aff- will not be able to afford these high judgments. They, they're just not going to be able to do it. So the other recourse is train police officers, recruit better police officers, do a better job. Do a better job, you know. Do a better job. So anyway, that's
1: that's my that's my smoke on that. My other smoke is for I I
0: so remember that case out there where the where the manager kicked out the black men uh from Starbucks because they looked like thugs or some old mess.
1: She sued for discrimination and won $26 million. I don't even want to talk about it. So, essentially, what they did was they awarded her for racism.
0: So, Starbucks is going to have to rethink their position. Maybe they shouldn't have fired her. Maybe they should have said, you know what? You got to do nine months or a year of intensive training if you're going to
1: work here. I don't know, maybe they did do that, but she won $26 million, a barista, I mean, a store manager. Our justice system is crazy. She threw out these brothers because of the way they looked,
0: because they were black men in sweatpants and just chilling, waiting for somebody and somebody complained and, oh, they look dangerous or whatever
1: or, you know, I mean, we always look dangerous to white folks who don't know nothing about black people, you know.
0: So anyway, I didn't really want to talk about that, but I just wanted to mention it because it was
1: mentionable.
0: Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a piece up on the New Haven Independent. I guess someone was about to jump off to commit suicide. Uh, our garage roof officer was ready. Uh, Officer Daniel Evans. So Officer Daniel Evans didn't know when he reported to work that he would need to rush to save a man from leaping to his death. But when the moment arrived, he was ready because he had been prepared. Evans saved the life of a 58-year-old man on the top level of the Air Rights Garage on Sunday, June 4th, shortly after 530. Evans is a 31-year-old former elevator mechanic from Queens. Uh, He has patrolled the Hill District since completing his field training as a new officer three months ago. Um, He was sitting in a cruiser outside the Congress Avenue Police Substation writing a report when the call came over the police radio about a man looking like he might want to jump from the garage by the Yale-New Haven Hospital on York Street. Uh, Evans hurried over, drove up the spiraling ramp, and saw the man at the edge of the top deck. He parked his cruiser more than hundred feet away after completing his field training. Uh, Evans had signed up for the voluntary crisis intervention course for extra tips on handling situations like this one. He had learned that rushing or coming too close at first could arm up, could amp up the person's distress, maybe make him jump. So Evans wouldn't be close enough to prevent him from jumping. He learned about the need to stay calm, to keep a conversation going. It was windy up on that roof deck. Hey, what's up, buddy? Evans called out as seen in his, in his body camage footage of the uh, incident reviewed by the Independent. man didn't respond. He did back away from the edge of the deck. That off offered Evans an opportunity. He kept walking, not running, to get between the man and the edge. A hospital security officer approached the scene, moving more quickly. Hey, hey slow down. You're walking up too close, Evans told him in an Undertone as Evans approached the distressed man from the left. Got to your right. Got to your right. Evans directed the security officer as Evans proceeded toward the man's left. Then the distressed man bolted back to the chest-high concrete wall at the edge of the deck. Buddy, what's your name? Evans called him. Talk me. Talk to me. What's up, man? The distressed man put both hands on the edge. He began to lift the leg over the concrete wall. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Talk to me. At the end, Evans could see that the man was preparing to jump. At this point, Evans would need to run to save him. Fortunately, at that point, he was close enough to get there in time. Just as the man was lifting himself up off the wall, Evans grabbed him in a clenched body hold, a a jiu jitsu technique he learned in the police academy. He brought the man to the ground. The security officer followed up from behind, as did Evans. Uh, NHPD patrol partner, Officer Stacy Vallone. You're going to be okay, Evans assured the man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the man kept responding. Officer Vallone checked the man for physical injuries. He noted in a subsequent report that the man appeared to be extremely ill and described with slurred speech about wanting to fly. He started crying. Evans looked at the side where where wind had swept up a pile of dirt. In it, the man had apparently written, I love you. We're going to get you help, Evans assured him. Medics who had also arrived on the scene took the man down to the hospital for an evaluation. Uh, Assistant Chief David Zanelli, who oversees patrol, credited Evans' initial de-escalation. He was able to slow things down to jump into action to save a life, putting his own life at risk, which was heroic. I was grateful I could get him. Get him the help he needs, Evan said in an interview. This is what I'm signed, this is what I signed up for. I signed up to help people, to be the one to show up for calls and be ready to act fast. Preparation made the difference, he said. The crisis course in jiu-jitsu and the jiu-jitsu training, the kettleball squats and lunges and uphill sprint sprint sprints. Y'all got a, a typo New Haven Independent. Uphill sprints Uh, he did each morning at home, along with uh, thrice weekly bench presses and treadmill and stair manager sessions at Edge Fitness. He needs to show up to work every day, ready to act fast without advance warning to help someone in crisis, he said, whenever the call happens to come. Like I said, there are good cops out there. I didn't even know it was a cop story.
1: I didn't even know. I was just, I'm, I'm appreciative. These young people out here doing it, you know. Um, you, you don't know what people are going through. To, to walk up on a ledge, a parking garage, and jump off. You know, that, that's it. So I hope, hopefully he get the care that he needs. I'm hoping that
0: the system will afford him opportunity to do something with his life. Other than trying to end it. So, no. good story to Independent. We got to go fix that typo, Paul Bass. Brits, not springs. <laughs> or I, maybe it's a new exercise, springs. Anyway, Paul
1: Bass is out there, scouring the streets for word on the street, I think. I think. Uh, I
0: would imagine so. And hey, congratulations to all the kids that are graduating last week, this week, next week. It's a flurry of them. Every time I've, dri- I've been driving down in, in my neighborhood and other neighborhoods, and you could see all the celebrations, the balloons, the big congratulations. signs. I've seen, uh, <laughs> I've seen uh, people walking down the street with their families with flowers. And, uh, uh, you know, it's such a, it's such a wonderful time because, you know, when you, when you get to this big graduation of high school or college or whatever it is, uh, it, is a, it is accumulation of, of hard work, determination, and, and just like, oh my God, I have to just get this done. So uh, congratulations to all of them, to all the graduates in, 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 every, in every place of education. <laughs> congratulations. Oh, as a matter of fact, I'm giving the commencement speech. Spe- I'm giving the commencement speech on the 24th next Saturday uh, for the adult concat graduation.
1: So I get to talk to. I get to give a commencement speech. I'm so excited by that. Very excited. So we'll see what happens. I'm gonna do it.
0: I'm doing it. So so yeah. So this is the time of year where you know people are very proud it's a very proud time of year you know so high five tomorrow i gotta take that the rest of the uh lsat writing test i wish i could take it today but i don't have enough time today but tomorrow it'll have to be tomorrow and then i'll then i'll be finished out with my first lsat test Woohoo! and this is our juneteenth weekend uh it's going to rain Saturday. So I don't know what we're going to do uh, for some of the activities that we, we had planned. I
1: don't know if they could get pushed back or pick another day or what. I don't know. I have no idea. So anyway, um, it'll be, uh, we'll just play by ear and we're listening.
0: And yes, I still have my Susan Kinnard, Klinard, uh beautiful piece of artwork that she made for me for my birthday this is me. Do you see it? And this thing is so beautiful. I love looking at it. I love the gold shimmer on the, on the inside of it. I love the little hint of purple hair on the top. Thank you, Susan Clinton. I, I have no words to really thank her. I really, I just don't, I just don't. It just blows me. Every time I look at it, I'm like, I see it's me, right? Like, it's not like, she's just some abstract of me. Like, I'm like, I have to guess. (laughs) Like, it's, my cheekbones my head my it's (laughs) i told you my brother robert gonna see it he gonna want it so i have to when he when i know he's coming over i'm gonna have to just hold it the whole time that he's here (laughs) because i know it'll show up in his house somewhere you know now i'll be looking for it in my house i'll be like let me go over there and steal back my art anyway and i'm not joking (laughs) i'm not joking so anyway uh that's where we are so ah congratulations
1: to all the to all the uh all the winners all the winners all the winners uh my friend uh uh uh
0: Anne is in town for a funeral, so hopefully I'll get a chance to see her uh,
1: sometime today. she she's got to go back and uh, uh, and uh, back to Wilmington, North Carolina, where she hails from. So, ah. Uh, that's she's here for a funeral of a friend so oh, that's it
0: <laughs> i don't know where paul is paul are you even doing right in the street today you walk in the
1: streets you need some music you need some theme music we gotta find some theme music you know i don't think it could be the bg he's i guess notes. to find something else maybe something jazzy i don't know We'll figure it out. Anyway, say love Um,
0: What else is going on? Let's see. I've got doctors appointment me. Oh, uh, I'm doing a talk at the, the campaign school of Yale today at twelve. Uh, cause you know if Patty Russo calls me, I just say yes um, because I love her. And whatever she wants me to do, I'm gonna go do. So uh, 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 another alumni or a board member is supposed to do this conversation in conversation with someone. And they can't do it. And so you know i'm the I'm the resident talker. <laughs> i'm the I'm the resident talker, so I'll just show up and do all some, do some talking.
1: That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show up and do some talking. and uh, and it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right.
0: It's gonna be all right. so uh, yeah, i'm I'm good with that. I'm so good with that. So, uh, and, then, uh, and then I got some free time before I have to go to the doctor and hopefully the news is good, or, you know, but whatever, what? listen, whatever the news is from the doctor is the news from the doctor and I will adjust and act accordingly. That's just how I'm living my life. <laughs> I'm not lamenting a damn thing. Whatever they say, whatever, I'm with it. Okay, what we got to do? What's next? Or if they say, "All right, keep let's keep the let's keep the plan," okay, cool. See you and however when you want me to come back, you know. So, although I will say this, I miss my Husky plan. I miss it. Husky is so streamlined. This other stuff, man, is a pain in me. I've not had too much a disruption of
1: care, but the the amount of money that I have to keep paying out. You know, that, that I find. In that everybody only plan or all, all the plans should be Husky. Like it should
0: be Husky, Blue Cross, Husky, Connecticut. Just like, it should just all be Medicaid. You know what I mean? Like it just, I'm telling, I don't, I, at first I, I, I don't know if, I don't think I was embarrassed by having Husky or Medicaid until I, until I think I was like maybe a, Several years ago, but my kids had to have it because it was part of the adoption package, and I had to have it as part of the adoption package. When I was a working woman, because I always had other insurance. So when I, you know, when I when I didn't have any job or anything, I got on it. And then when Obamacare came, and they said, and what what Obamacare did for me was because I had pre-existing. uh, conditions, um, I was getting kicked off insurances anyway. Like when I, when I got kicked off insurances and I was looking for insurance, uh, I couldn't get
1: on because I had preexisting conditions. So when he freed up, uh, um, make the barrier for
0: insurance, my Medicaid kicked in, it was great. So I appreciate Medicaid. Uh, I mean, it's just so, so thorough. I, I kept my all my doctors. I moved through the system well, you know. There was no battling and none, none of that, none of it. So anyway, so I got Connecticut, Connecticut, Connecticut care now. I don't. I'm not having any problems. I just have uh, out of pocket expense, but it's capped at like I don't know forty seven hundred dollars a year or something, you know. But the fact that I I got to pay out of pocket freaks me out a little bit, you know, cause I, I keep a tight budget, right? Cause I don't make a lot of money. So it's
1: like tight, like hell, you know, but anyway. Uh, so anyway, uh, it's fine. So I go today, I'll swipe my car for another.
0: And you know, I was, when I went to, and here's the thing, I was at Quest, getting my blood work done. So when I was, when I was on a Husky plan, you know, I didn't have to do any, I did have to do nothing. So with the Connecticut plan, they take your money, the, the Quest people take your money before they run it through the insurance. They're like, oh, we just hold it until if the insurance doesn't pay or you need more, or we got to take more, it's there.
2: I'm like what?
0: I, I swiped because I had to get blood work done. And I was like, is this how it's going to be every time I freaking go give blood? I mean, you know how much blood I have to give on a regular basis? Like, like a mitt. But I'm not complaining. It's not, this is not a complaint. It's just, I'm just telling you what, what's happening. It's not a complaint. I'm not complaining because I'm grateful to have insurance. I'm grateful to not be uninsured because I think at my age, that's a very dangerous thing considering my health challenges. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm grateful to have uh insurance. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't want this to be my conversation to be misconstrued as,
1: you know, whining because I'm not, I'm not, so anyway, that's the way of the world. Uh, That's the way of the world, so so I'm I'm gonna go to my, go to my appointments, and uh, Paul, you say the
0: same thing every morning, (laughs) every morning, Paul, you say,
1: everybody's saying no to me, everybody's saying no. I was like, "Don't worry about it. They'll." Uh... I thought that said four fifteen. Okay, don't worry. I have faith in you, Paul.
0: <laughs> keep keep walking the mean streets. I have faith in you. Uh, let me see what else I wanted to talk about. Oh my God! The what is going on with Anita Baker and Babyface? Although.
1: This is what I know. Nita Baker can be problematic, attitudinally. well, I'm gonna say she she can be problematic attitudinally. And uh, she's a little high strung. Don't ask me how I know. I just know. And so I mean, how how. I mean, I means babyface. He's like the chillest cat on the planet. <laughs> how, how I mean, how are you beefing with babyface? I tell you what, if it was Luther Vandross, she'd lose. I'm just saying, she wouldn't be beefing with Luther Vandross. Ask, ask in vogue. <laughs> wouldn't be beefing with Luther Vandross i tell you that and I, there's a couple others you wouldn't be beefing with I'm just saying I'm just saying so I got to get to the party rose garden well, these roses are probably in full bloom that might be something that I do uh, that might be something that I do today. While I've got some running while well, I've got some time in between uh, in between appointments. You know what I mean? Like while I have some time in between appointments. I've
0: got some other stuff I need to do too. There's always stuff. All right. I, I bought my paint for the for the for the vanity for the bathroom. I didn't buy the paint for the bathroom, but I bought the paint for the vanity of the bathroom. Yes. Let's get into it. So maybe I'll go get the knobs today
1: because I need knobs. I'm going to change out the knobs. So I'll go get the knobs. Um and then I got to figure out
0: a, what color I want for the bathroom. I need to it needs to it needs to have a color.
1: I don't know what color. I picked a color for the for the vanity. It's like a teal, you know. It's like like maybe it feels like a Tiffany box.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like a. I like that color. So maybe I maybe I paint the bathroom that color too. Maybe that's what I do. Maybe that's what I do. <laughs> I I'm working out my designs. My my designs uh, schedule <laughs> while I'm on air. <laughs> working out my design concept. I was like, well, maybe it'll be this, maybe it'll be that, maybe it'll be this, maybe it'll be that. It could be this or it could listen, hip hop is 50 years old. And there's a special coming out on Juneteenth on Monday on ABC. Um I, it just freaks me out to know that hip hop is 50 years old. I I just don't believe it. <laughs> I I just I just won't believe it. I was like, "No." I no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, "No." But you know, it is what it is. I mean, we're all aging. I don't mind aging. I don't I you know what? I, I don't I don't mind aging. I don't care about the wrinkles. I don't care about cellulite. I don't care about a flat tummy or high breast. I, I like a, I like that my body is is just moving away from being t- a teenager and 20 and 30. I don't I don't want my body to I don't want that, preser- that fake preservation That's not real. I don't want to live slaving away about how I look. I know the, I, the, the internet has been so unkind to Justine Bateman. Uh, because, you know, when she was on a little TV show, she was, you know, very youthful and whatever. And now people see her now, and they're like, oh, my God, but this woman is 60 years old. 60-something years old. And she's like, I'm not doing anything to get rid of these wrinkles and blah,
1: blah, blah. This is, this is how I look. So I'm with her. and I'm not, I'm not Botoxing. I'm not doing any of that mess. <laughs>
0: I'm just not. So, hey, Paul Bass. Paul Bass is coming into space. He found somebody. Every time he sends these texts of discouragement, I'm like, five minutes later, he meets meet somebody. Hello, Paul Bass. Good
3: morning. Good morning, Babs. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'd like you to meet um, Carmy, Yes, Carmen and Honey. Honeys,
4: Carmen's <laughs> thing I bought.
3: In one of the coolest spots in New Haven, in my opinion, we'll see if Carmen agrees. In Wooster Square, there's Lindsay Park. Have you ever seen it? No. It's, it's a one block park off St. John Street. You go behind Project Moore, off Grand. yeah, and Jefferson Street. It is so beautiful, and they've made it nicer over the years. And there's this whole neighborhood that's kind of hidden behind Wooster Square Park, you know, where urban renewal chopped up everything. So yeah. I have a hunch Carmen might live in the neighborhood. Do you live in the neighborhood? I do.
2: I live in Worcester Square. We've been living here for two years.
3: Two years. And do you take honey here every
2: morning? Oh yeah, religiously. <laughs> and so what's the
3: word on the street today, Carmen?
2: Oh no, what does that mean? This means what's up? Oh uh what I'm you thinking about? For my second board exam for medical school and it's going, but it's fun. Just enjoying the summer, trying to do all my fun things before residency starts next year.
3: So are you in medical school now? Yes, yeah.
2: yes. Yeah, so a research year at Yale and so I'm finished technically I think I'm in my fourth year now so the fifth year is between <laughs> years three and four and so I took a research year and now I'm just finishing up what needs to be finished and then I'll do my fourth year and then I go to residency
3: and so you have to take an exam to go to residency
2: yeah, so there are two board exams that you have to take before residency, although technically you can take three. The first one is step one, which became pass-fail, I think in like 2020 or something. The second one, step two, is still scored, and that's the one that a lot of residencies are using to determine like what you're competitive for, I would say.
3: So is it not that you won't get anything, but it helps determine what you get to do? Did? Is it does everyone pretty much pass, but it determines what you get to do?
2: I don't know the official pass rates. I think like five percent fail, like, but most everyone should pass and then you have to pass in order to become a physician.
3: Okay, so I gotta miss something here, Carmen. Okay, so the very thought of medical school seems so hard to me that it would just make me nervous trying to even think about studying again in. You're studying for these advanced boards and you don't look nervous. <laughs> are you just like are you just like having a face that you're showing? <laughs> Or are you just like so used to excelling in life that you just go to one of these things (laughs) after the other and you know you're gonna do it?
2: Yeah, no, um, well, I probably should be a little more stressed. No, 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 it doesn't help. uh, The Yale system at Yale Medical School is absolutely wonderful. So I don't know what you know about the Yale system, but it basically is like a structure where at Yale, we get to focus on like extracurriculars because the school knows that we're going to get what we need to get done, done. So instead of trying to, like, create a, like, environment of competition and, like, have us, like, compare board scores or, like, uh, in-house exams, it's really, like, we don't have shelf exams, we don't have class rank, we don't have this group that, like, basically says what your class rank is in order to get invited, we have anonymous take-home but closed notebook exams, and so it really creates this like really comfortable, welcoming environment where, you, as long as you get your studying done, you can go off and do your extracurriculars like volunteering at a clinic, research, and stuff like that. And what have
3: you done for extracurricular?
2: So I've really focused on mentorship and research. And so I help a lot of people. Oh,
3: it's okay. okay. My mentorship, no. Mentoring um, honey. <laughs> I
2: focus on helping a lot of underserved, underrepresented applicants apply to medical school in my own time. Oh, that's so
3: cool. It's like what the law school does. Babs has been involved oh, with that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that they have a
2: program like that.
3: Access the law school, they call oh, it. Oh,
2: that's nice.
3: So do you who, who do you work with to help them apply to law yeah, school? Yeah,
2: so, it, or medical school. I'm sorry, medical oh, no, school. no, no. no. Um, Both of
3: them make me nervous, I got to admit. I could never <laughs> do those exams. Theater.
2: <laughs> no, so for the first two years of my medical school, I was helping uh, students apply through the Latino Medical Student Association Nas- national Medical Student Association. So I actually helped set up the PAPS Foundation or the PAPS program at UATH. Yes, I don't remember what it stands for. It's like PATHS and something for the professionals. I know what I know the acronym. And so basically they helped MD, MD, PhD, MD, MPH uh, students like through the program, set up or apply to medical school.
3: And what kind of people have you met doing that? New Haveners?
2: So some do come from New Haven. This was a national cohort. And I think, I believe it was, yeah, it was virtual due to the pandemic. So I met with a lot of applicants on Zoom. And I also help people in my own time.
3: That's so cool. So I wonder, is that have anything to do with your own story that led you to want to do this? Like what was your route to, where did you grow up and how did you end up at Yale Medical School?
2: Yeah. So I grew up in uh, like in Rhode Island. And so just seeing the healthcare disparities in my community, what people had to experience, what I've experienced personally, really informed the reason why I want to go to medical school. And so I've seen a lot of healthcare disparities. And I think that's like something that we really need to investigate, research, and also come up with tangible action plans. And so one thing that I've noticed a lot is that um, I'm actually really interested in cardiology. And I've seen that there are a lot of healthcare disparities, not just for racial ethnic groups, but also socioeconomic wise. And I think that that's just absolutely devastating. And does that mean
3: more likely to have heart attacks?
2: Yes, yes, my apologies. So, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, people who are low income more likely to have more comorbidities that preclude you to heart problems. So like diabetes is a huge, there's a huge correlation right. between diabetes and heart problems. Sorry, reason I
3: didn't know that. I knew diabetes was big. Yeah. And it, so, you want to be a cardiologist? Yes.
2: Yeah. All right. Oh, Yay! So it depends you... on the board exam. All right,
3: Babs, <laughs> we know who we're going to if we can make it that long. So,
0: a, a, a Latina cardiologist?
3: Say that
2: again? Said
3: a Latina cardiologist.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Excellent in medicine.
3: And have you lived in New Haven for four years now?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And have you
3: lived in Worcester Square the whole time?
2: So, I, my partner, Anush, and I lived in downtown for a year, and then we got a place here, and we've been living here ever since.
3: I've always wondered about this nook because it feels very historical to me. Have you ever seen this, spabs like behind where Conti is? They kind of feel like the old buildings. They, they were like 100 years ago or 80 years ago. And it's sort of walled off from Grand Avenue, Olive Street, because the highway is a border and the school is a border. So most people don't have a reason to drive through the streets. And then one way, they're kind of weird. Yes. If you're not on your bicycle. Is that nice? Is, I've always dreamed of this as sort of like kind of a cool urban, but hidden neighborhood. And you know, now, yes, Worcester
0: square? Yes. Worcester Square's roots is very black. So... I mean, right, it feels King Italian Lansom. now, but it was very, it was where black people lived at the, at the, uh, during. Well, I think um, we're standing
3: in New Liberia, right? Where yeah. William Lanson originally built stuff here. Mm-hmm. About to Babs's point that it was first a black neighborhood, then an Italian neighborhood.
2: Yes, yes.
3: So, so do you go every morning with Honey?
2: Yes, I do. And so I really like Worcester Square, uh, the neighborhood, especially because, as you mentioned, it is a very low traffic area not in terms of pedestrians but like physical cars so i actually do a lot of um, traffic safety work as well
3: are you on safe sheet coalition or anything? yes
2: yes and so you're active um, in that yeah so i was the traffic safety representative for yale med school and Is That then, after, well,
3: you weren't here when the mad student died but uh
2: so that's 2009 yeah, yeah yeah but i did read we all know about that and so you
3: got involved in new haven and safe streets Right, wow, we're so lucky you came yeah. to yale medical school <laughs> and you were you active when they just passed the bill a week ago
2: yes yes so i was uh i was like um i i think i've helped with templates in the past i don't think i helped with that that letter template but i did send a letter to uh, Representative Looney. You know, been we've been having conversations about it through, especially through Yale.
3: And are you because of safe streets? Because of the environment, in Mexico where people are hyper aware of what's going on, or what do you read to safe streets?
2: So I really. Uh, I think what got me into it was that law that they passed at that intersection where they were finding pedestrians a lot of money to cross diagonally. And full disclosure, I cross diagonally.
3: So do I. There's not enough time at that not intersection. Exactly, a, exactly. And that, was, that the, was an initiative that day at the Independent within hours of us writing that story, Babs, where they were, thought they were doing the right thing, which was to enforce safety. But like old people, people, in wheelchairs, you don't have enough time at church and chapel to uh, cross there. So they're giving people fines so dagly while they were in the middle of the operation. Some people were so upset that we wrote it in the independent that there was this flood of people calling the cops and they called it off. And that's how you got where?
2: Yes. And I did. I, I read the article and I also wrote my own article for the Yale Daily um I was too afraid to submit it to the independent I don't oh
3: don't be afraid come on <laughs> come on
2: but yeah no traffic safety is actually something that's like really slept on from a public health perspective so I got a master's in public health before coming to Yale and I think just like transportation is something that we do not think about enough as a society
3: so I'm trying to get you how you got into it you told me about the incident with the walking that you read in the independent but but is there anything more about what you do to safe streets
2: I really think that I was really upset by that law, and I just wanted to become part of something bigger, and, you know, New Haven is my home, and so I wanted to do something that really improved it, and something I could contribute, learn from. Um, So is it
3: accurate that you became part of the Safe Coalition? it's accurate to say you became part of the Safe Streets Coalition. Yes,
2: yes, and so I I was a little bit more, I talked to them a little bit more when I was a traffic safety representative for Yale, right now I'm suffering through boards, so unfortunately I don't have as much time. But you're holding
3: up well suffering in my opinion. Yes,
2: yes But what
3: did yes. you think when the law passed last week? Were you following it? Were you aware? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, so I was very relieved. I was worried that it wouldn't pass, um, but it seemed to have really good support, and I know Governor Mont is going to yeah, he- so
3: is it accurate to say you like living here because you said it's quieter less traffic you can walk it's a place to walk your dog in the morning and get some peace and not get run over
2: exactly so yeah and i really think that a lot of new haveners should experience the same like environment
3: yeah it's babs lovely. you got to come out here yeah make- it's lovely. i am i'm, I'm gonna go, to go find here. this place it looks beautiful Farmers
2: market i hate driving it's just exhausting to you constantly too. have to make sure that you're not going to like Hit someone or like get into a traffic collision. And I don't want to do that. I prefer biking. I prefer walking. And that's what I really love about
3: New Haven as well. That's wonderful. Now, honey, you said today you came back here to say you're taking honey for a walk before you have to bear down
2: for yes, yes, studying for yes. these boards,
3: even though you're not that stressed about it. I don't think you should be more stressed. I didn't mean to play yes, with that no, idea. But is, what, what What role does the Walking Honey play in terms of your frame of mind when you do that?
2: Making sure she doesn't pee on my No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, she just enjoys, oh, now she, she's really enjoying the park. Oh, hey, hey naughty girl. No, uh, so it's just nice to come out here, like take a break, not step in dog food, you know, think about something else besides the exam. Um, it's also nice to make her happy. So when she's, sitting next to me uh, while I'm studying it's nice to look over and be like we had a good day in the park and stuff like that
3: and how old is honey
2: she is she's around five so we actually adopted her from Texas and so we found her on petfinder took her up to Connecticut and she's been with us for the past two years what
3: so kind of so. dog it's okay We don't I know, don't
2: know we, we don't we purposely don't know so it's a good conversation starter uh, she's some type of terrier all
3: right Babs any other questions for now, Get Back Carmen
0: the non Good luck and stay connected to us. We want to know how yes. you're doing.
2: Thank you so much. I read the New Haven Independent. I haven't listened to the radio yet, but I definitely would like to.
3: Okay, Babs. Well, this is Carmen, Honey, and Paul signing off from Lindsay Park on WNHH New Haven's home for community radio.
0: Thanks, Paul Bass. I didn't even know that park existed. I need to get a map of all the city parks and just make it my business to go to all of them. All right, Harry, so I'm gonna take a break. I'll be back with uh, Victoria Darcy from Gateway Community College because they're getting ready to launch alumni stuff. Alumni week is about to kick off. Um, They're starting with a a reception on the 21st and they're starting to build their alumni association. So they're gonna come and talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'll be back in a few minutes, y'all. Harry'll uh, put up a new a new link. Y'all know how to find us. We've been doing this a long time. I'll be back. <laughs> Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
4: While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. I live on the bass. It's on the bass. the
0: Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose-Ivy. I got the good people from Gateway Community College here today. They're going to talk about alumni association and all the good stuff. Hey, Victoria Dancy. I don't
1: know
5: the other person. Who's the other person? You have to unmute yourself. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us, Babs. So today with me, um, I have Joe Thomas, who is actually an alumni (laughs) uh from way way back i'm uh um <laughs> he looks amazing uh um, nice to be loved <laughs> and and he's he's a part of the history and he's actually a board member he sits on the gateway community college foundation board um where he supports and just really lifts the students here are our, our gateway students so that's who's joining me today thank you well guys.
0: welcome joe thomas so you got some exciting stuff coming up so t- I I understand y'all are starting an alumni association or you're strengthening it or
5: you're expanding it or you're recruiting for it. Tell me what the story is. Yes, so we are actually launching uh, the Gateway Community College alumni. There were, uh, it was actually a a, a network many years ago, but um, historically, Babs, you know um, that we, uh, Gateway opened its doors, it merged with South Central community mm-hmm. college in the state of tech college and they were had two separate uh, locations one on long wharf and one in north haven in 1992 they joined uh they merged and joined forces and it became a uh, gateway community college and so in that transition a lot was actually lost however because we've we've just celebrated 30 years of uh, uh, Gateway, and now we're moving into a new um, era of education. Um, You may know that the CT State Colleges uh, have merged and effective uh, July 1st. Well, we we were always a part of one uh, family, but now, uh, the practices and the systems will be more centralized. And so we really wanted to, you know, um uh keep the 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 Gateway Community College, this specific campus, uh uh tight net um together and really wanted to um there's some great, great things that are happening here at Gateway. There's some amazing people and Joe is gonna speak um to what he's done over the last twenty years, and so we really we're building this um, network to just reinforce some lifelong professional and uh, personal connections amongst the members, and and so, so that's, you hadn't had an alumni association before; it was it kind of informal, informal, yes.
0: Okay, okay, and you could raise some money too. It was from the alumni, yeah. yeah.
5: It's <laughs> so all Joe about Thomas, the giving
6: <laughs> Joe Thomas, tell me your story. Well, Babs, I was uh, first born in New Haven, uh, stayed in the New Haven uh, County area. I went to uh, a state technical high school, Eli Whitney Tech, located in Hamden. I did, Hamden. Too. I
0: went to Eli Whitney, yes. Oh,
6: great school. From there, I, uh, I went on to uh, Gateway Community College, uh, which was greater New Haven State Technical College back in the early 80s. And it went from different locations. Matter of fact, they had a little campus at the old Eli Whitney school, then they went to North Haven. So I bounced around that, that whole uh, uh, bunch of schools. And uh, from there, I went on to uh, Bridgeport Engineering Institute and then UNH. And, you know, I did pretty much most of my education, night school, 18 years of night school, ended up getting a master's degree in electrical engineering, uh, wow. worked for, uh, worked for uh, yeah, uh, UI and Avon Grid. And uh, it's been a great career and, and it only reinforces that the state schools all the way from high school through college, they provide value to the students in the area and really you can have a great career. And, and, and what's important here and reestablishing, I'll say the uh, alumni, is it allows us who've been in the industries for many years to first and foremost give back to the school and also give to the students Uh, a a network, also provide mentoring, but, but it also allows us to give back to the communities where we've been born, raised our families and lived.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So Joe, tell me a little bit about, so um, I know, you know, your classmates, y'all probably were getting together over the years, seeing each other, you know, and, and hanging out and staying connected and staying on what's happening with each other's lives. So what, what will What will change? Will anything change when you build this alumni association or will it strengthen what you've done?
6: Well, I I believe it will strengthen what we've done from a standpoint of view of, yes, there are relationships that are formed in college over the years and families grow up. But what it will strengthen is really building our network, Uh, even as uh, people that are working already, building our networks to help us develop ourselves in our careers. But again, most importantly, it will allow us to link the students to some of the industries, which we all graduated from school, of which we've had long-term careers. And, and I can safely say uh, at, at Avangrid and UI, we are always looking for students. Uh, we have uh, internship programs, and we're looking for the next, really, um, uh, next generation of employees. Mm-hmm. And, and I- what better than to have students that are local?
1: I, and, and
0: I think you make a good point, Joe, because somebody like you can say to to, to your employer, "Listen, we want to look at gateway students. We want to look at those students. like don't don't jump over those students. Um, look at those students. I came to that I came to that school and uh, and 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 so you put the school on people's
5: radars, which I think is a great thing. And, Absolutely. and, and Bab's um, just to to Joe's point, just to piggyback. We, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's so many great things that are happening here at Gateway. We have um, some of the most amazing, um, unique programs. So for example, we've expanded our nursing program. Uh, We were one of the first um, uh, out of two schools out of the community colleges. We had two evening uh, programs, but now because there's such a demand uh, uh, for nurses, we've expanded that. So we, we've really had our, um, a, a pulse as to what the industry needs are. Um, we have one of the only clean water management, um, certificate programs and, and Joe, um, uh, who's worked in, um, utility, utility management, um, one of the great things is because you know there's a projection and and many of the business sectors, there's a shortage and they don't have the skilled and trained um, uh, uh, workforce that they need. and and so we've been really working hard at um, really educating uh, uh, these these students um, um, and really trying to uh, act as a feeder to some of uh, the uh, local businesses. Um, as their demand for skilled workers increase. So Victoria, tell me something about the student body of Gateway. T- tell,
0: me, tell me what it looked like, if you remember, if you know, have some of that information, like what, it, what was it like in Joe's time? And what, is it, what does the student body population
5: look like now? Oh, wow, well, Joe can speak to uh, what it looked like before but I can tell you now, today our our uh, student population is so diverse and when i mean diverse diverse in every way from from age um uh from uh different uh, uh backgrounds uh t- non-traditional students really we have we this year we had um actually uh, uh a and a young woman who was 70 years old that returned back to school to uh, complete her associate's degree. So there's a, there's a mix of, of everything. Um, They're just non-traditional and they're amazing. And they come here to build their confidence, their GPA, and to move on uh, to, to, to bigger and better things.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How many students are at Gateway? How many students are there at any given time?
5: What's well right now um you know we've we've seen a, a decline the the pandemic we you know uh a lot of schools suffered but gateway community college is actually the largest community college in the system and so right now i believe our enrollment um is usually we're over 10,000 students and that's full and part time students non traditional uh students uh and so now we're we're Um, I would say our number, the last time um, I checked the stats, our numbers are somewhere around 6,000.
0: Okay. Okay. And, and, and everybody, and everybody is trying to recover, still recovering from the pandemic. Yes. Because COVID is still very much with us. So so
2: everybody's still
0: trying to cover.
5: Yes. And we've responded um, really, we, we've responded to the needs um, I, I do know that uh, when the pandemic uh, in 2019, I'll never forget the day in March, uh, the, we we really was able, we were able to see the technology divide. And so we're, you know, all the classes were remote, we were remote learning. So now in our future courses, we've really carved out a, 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 a nice size to really meet the needs of those students. That would our uh, online learners. So usually, historically, we uh, most of our classes were on uh, ground, with the exception of a few hybrid and um, uh, total uh, asynchronous classes. But we've actually in our courses, we've actually um, built a larger pool for students to actually access um, education uh, on in an asynchronous, a totally online platform. Mm-hmm.
6: So, okay. so, Babs, I'd just like to add to what Victoria said about the diversity. Yeah, we, we, back in the early 80s, Yeah, we had a wide variety of people. But now I think the school has evolved where you have so many different cultures. You have international students. And I, and I think what it affords the, the new generation is what I call diversity of thought. Mm. Everybody always views diversity as a nationality, religion but really diversity of thought is really what brings the students to start developing who they are as individuals, uh, taking the best of what they hear and see from some, from their fellow students or even alumni and really create their style. And, and, and that's what I think is very exciting about today's new students and also what the alumni can bring. Another point is that as, as an alumni, I just met a gentleman at a, engineering symposium uh he works for the railroad he helped develop (laughs) the entire curriculum for the for the railroad Mm -hmm. that they have a special program at gateway so the students can learn all about the railroad from an electrical standpoint of view and operation and 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 have a very good career into that industry i i
0: know my ex-husband was teaching in that in that program
6: oh i didn't know that well there's but I learned a lot myself. I mean, I'm only used to going on a train, but he explained a lot about the dynamics of running the railroad system.
0: Right. Well, speaking of alumni, our WNHH station manager Harry Dros is a uh, Gateway grad. So oh, great. So make sure you make sure you reach out to him for your alumni association giving.
5: Yes. <laughs> and I'd like to personally extend. Um, an invitation and we'll um actually be meeting this. We're launching, you know, our uh first meet and greet, which is gonna take place next Wednesday, um uh June 21st. 21st from 5 30 yes. to 7. And so we would love for you to attend and we're just convening all of the graduates from the beginning and up until now, from then and now. And um, we're gonna have a really great time networking. Um you know, networks are so important, they lift people, uh, they lift individuals, um, they're, they're informative. It, it, it really, I know, being a part of, of an alumni group, it really can help catapult your career as well. You know- when, Absolutely, yeah. I think you're right, Victoria. And I think, you know, I don't think people think about alumni associations
0: for community colleges, but, um, you know, as people get into the workforce, You know, you never know who you know until you get into the alumni association that can help move you to another job or give you some buzz on a new job that's coming. So I I believe in the power of alumni association. So this is really exciting. So um, over at Gateway, um, I imagine, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that community colleges have way more flexibility than traditional four-year colleges and and other institutions of high. Higher, higher education, that, that they really are on the ground, listening to what people want and need for development.
5: Yes, um, here, you, you know, Babs, when I started here in 2011, I started uh, as the outreach support coordinator um, in the healthcare uh, areas. And I, I would go out to the high schools, to really have conversations, and uh, with eighth graders and those that were interested in entering uh, nursing or the um, specialized programs like uh, diagnostic um, uh, medical sonography or nuclear medicine. And, you know, I know that uh, community college has always had sort of like a a bad rap. You know, I would hear uh, students say, if I wanted to go to 13th grade, I'll go to gateway. uh, community College but a Gateway uh Community College is really again a, a great place for students to build their confidence build their their GPA uh really get acclimated to 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 um maybe careers um uh, and explore careers uh uh that they may be interested in and and yes we support our students uh uh we we um uh, just support them to to just make sure that they're achieving the highest economic um, excellence that they can achieve. So we 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 love our students here, and um, we listen to what they say. We listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, talk
0: a little bit about in your professional experience. Um, uh, talking about coming from a gateway community college background, uh, and you're out there in the workforce with people who come. With big, fancier, fancier, more expensive uh, education and degrees how, how do you how do you stack your gateway credentials up against uh, that kind of thing?
6: Well, if you think about whether it's uh, engineering or finance in the engineering world, the laws of physics does not change between schools.
4: <laughs>
6: what makes? I mean, it doesn't change so The network, meaning your network and being part of alumni brings value depending on the schools. But I will tell you this. The key to success is having professors that take an interest in their students. And that's a two way students that take an interest in their own careers. And and I was fortunate to have both at Gateway to the point where sometimes the professors would invite us a group of students over to their house on weekends so we could study with them. But the key to really success is the student has to have a fire in the belly and a passion for success. Mm -hmm. So you can have the best education in the world. You can have the best network. But if you do not have a fire and a passion to succeed, you probably won't achieve your goals.
0: Hmm. Thank you for that.
5: So, Victoria, how how many alumni are there? Do you know? (laughs) Yes, well, we have over twenty-three thousand alumni members. Whoa! Now that number is not including. We have we from the uh from the time the doors opened, nineteen ninety-two as Gateway, um, there were thirty thousand. But the twenty-three are those that have graduated. So we do count those that have taken classes here. But the solid number for uh, the total, you know, graduates, 23,000. Wow, that's a, so, so are impressive. you spending,
0: are you spending this this week reaching out to all 23,000? <laughs>
5: yes, yes, we have been flooding every social media platform, reaching out um, uh, to all of our uh, alumni to really get them involved. And this is just going to be the first of many great events. And so we're just really trying to get, you know, the student, uh, the alumni engaged because so Are you
0: hearing back from people? Like are
5: people oh. responding? Oh, yes. Yes. We, we are actually, um, we did the count on yesterday. We're at 75. Okay. That's a good start. So, yes. Yeah, so we're at 75 um, members that have um, RSVP would to attend the event. Yes.
0: Okay. All right. So when people come on the 21st, what, what, what's happening? What's going to happen? I know I, you have a whole culinary program, so I
5: know the hors d'oeuvres and stuff are going to be top
0: notch. But beyond Well, actually, that-
5: yes, we decided to do this, you know, um, offsite, not here at the campus. Oh, we're gonna have, okay. We're going to have a, a lot of um, our next uh, um, on-campus event will be our um, Hall of Fame event, which is our biggest fundraiser. Um, where we raise funds for for scholarships, but this year we decided to just kind of you know go off site. So we'll be having it in the community, the Elmar um, Stone um, uh, Company, Shelton Avenue. On Shelton Avenue, yes, I so, know it well. It's a beautiful space. It's a beautiful space, and so we really wanted this to be you know have a feeling of a a social you know network, a, a mix and mingle. And uh, we will be having our President Maduco, um, who is the president of uh, the all of the community colleges, come and bring words of greeting, greetings to the alumni. Uh, we'll will have opportunity to network with the uh, the alumni that are in the room, uh, exchange information, and really, really just uh, start a, a robust uh, kind of network and conversation and and then after so. okay so when people
0: show up for the 21st at el mar Shelton avenue from five to eight or whatever it is what happens after that the next day what happens?
5: the next day we're going to you know make sure we follow up whereas we're we're building uh um, joe is actually on uh the advisory board um and so we have uh Uh, an advisory board of maybe about five, six members uh, that we meet. And so we'll be looking at our next steps. You know, um, we're building um, a a benefit package uh, that will um, offer benefits to the alumni. For example, um, uh, borrowing privileges uh, to the library, just some of the tangible um, uh, benefits um off-peak parking um during uh, um maybe a community events. So these are just some of the benefits. And of course, really um to get them involved in our mentoring um and ambassador program. And that's really to come back, you know, uh pay it forward and come back and, and really mentor, coach, um, and uh do some professional development. You know, for our students and our alumni, our current students and our alumni.
0: Hmm. So, Joe, what do you hope that the alumni association will do? Like, what do you what do you imagine it to be? What's the What's the goal?
6: The goal, in my mind, is to link people that have graduated with the students to help make the students transition easier in the business world and provide them guidance. And 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 part of the association that benefits that uh, Victoria was just saying is that we also wanna link the students to understand the value of giving back to the community. So some of the things, it's not always work related. Get involved with city events, the Chamber of Commerce, another big organization we'd like to link our students up with uh, is the Red Cross. The Red Cross does a lot for the communities within Connecticut and never mind nationally and globally. Uh, we just, matter of fact, had a soundy alarm in New Haven installing fire uh, smoke detectors in homes. So again, it's really the bridge. Some of us who have had successful careers, thanks to this school like Gateway Community College, to the students and make their careers more successful. One of the other things I also wanted to mention, you asked about the, the, the more highly priced schools versus uh, Gateway. Gateway for myself was very affordable. It helped me establish a foundation and a career. And then I was fortunate enough to work for a, a company, which most companies now have tuition reimbursement programs. Mm-hmm. So I, I view Gateway and really uh, Eli Whitney Tech as really foundational towards building my career, and, and it worked out well.
0: Oh, I like See, that's the kind of testimony, of Victoria, I think you probably want from your alumni to recruit other alumni.
5: <laughs> well, he's actually one of the testimony, he'll be speaking on that night. So yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so all right. So you got this event on the 21st.
0: It's uh is it a week long kind of bunch of activities or is just this one time
5: and then you start the ball rolling build yeah. on this. This this one event. Um and you know, as Joe said, we just really want to use this as an opportunity to network and leverage our our uh, network uh, possibilities. Um, as I mentioned, uh, there's so many great things that are happening here at Gateway, so many amazing, successful stories. um and and Gateway is just that the gateway to uh, uh, something, uh, greater. And, and, you know, we have students that Gateway, um, be they're, they're, they're only in final stop. Some, some don't desire to go on, but, you know, they've been able to achieve success by, you know, completing their, their studies here at Gateway. So.
0: And, and Gateway offers things that are not necessarily degree matriculating. Like there's other things that you could take at Gateway if you just want to be in the community, if you want to be in the community college vibe, if you wanna like if you develop yourself, if you want to, right. you know, talk a little bit about those
5: kinds of things. So yes, we offer so there's two sides of the house. We you have the 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 academic side, the credit side and the non-credit side. And so our workforce development um uh, department is really uh um really equipped with uh providing uh, the the stackable credentials, if you will, because we we do know Babs, that some people will never go to college or um, feel that they are not college material. Well, there's a place for everyone here at Gateway. So we do provide programs that are credentialed, um, and that will provide um, uh, uh, students the skill set that they need. To really not only set themselves apart, but to enter the workforce immediately
0: mm-hmm. uh-huh, and so talk a little bit to uh Victoria about some of the partnerships that gateway has with community because I know that you all are connected to other people and other other organizations and other uh businesses
5: oh yes we we, we we've um we have some amazing relationships uh as Joe mentioned, we are partners with the um uh, uh, chamber, uh, most of the chambers, the Quinnipiac, the uh, Hamder, Hamden. Um, we also have um, some really great partnerships with a lot of the local nonprofits uh, that are doing the work, and they support um, our students. Uh, most of the nonprofits are um, in this area. We we share some of the same student pop uh, population, but just different. So, for example, uh, Cornell Hill Scott is a very, very big partner of ours. Um, We not only have um, clinical sites that are here, wellness sites that are here on campus, but we do a lot of um, uh, partnering as it relates to fundraising for students. So um, we're we're very involved. We love uh, uh, our community and our region. Um, and, uh, and, And as mentioned, we have fellowships and partnerships Um, Joe was, uh, I mean, just phenomenal with really connecting students. And Joe, could you really just talk about the opportunities? When we talked about the opportunities that um, when um, partnering with uh, the uh, utility companies, the opportunities that these students would probably never, ever Uh, uh, be able to kind of secure on their own. Just speak to that, Joe.
6: Yeah, so uh, a couple weeks ago, we managed to bring in uh, the Avangrid and UI, uh, some of their management team to meet with some of the engineering students. Uh, One of the leaders uh, of the company will be joining a advisory board uh, for basically uh, careers uh, to help really bridge any kind of technical gaps between gateway and the utility sector. Uh, they're hoping to bring in the students to the actual work location so you can see uh, what an electric utility or even a gas utility works. Everybody just seems to think it's pipes and wires. But in reality, with all new modern technologies, computers, uh, there's so much more, even even on the energy conservation and customer service. So bringing the students to actually look at what happens you could, it only brings excitement to the kids wanting to explore different types of careers. It's one thing to read about them, but it's actually different to be in a control room and watching how the electric system or gas system is operating. Mm.
5: So, Babs, this is actually an actual pipeline. When we talk about positive pipelines, this is a pipeline to not only lift the community, but um, provide students with sustainable jobs that they can take care of their families. Can you imagine uh, a graduate just fresh out of uh, a college, associate's degree, landing a job with one of the public utilities, you know, uh, and and when Joe was throwing around these salaries, I said, oh, maybe I may want to rethink and <laughs> uh, 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 reinvent myself if I can climb up on one of those utility poles. <laughs> So it's it's really it's really exciting, and so that's that's what the the, the alumni network, that's what the partnerships do, is really um, they're being used as a pipeline to really you know funnel the the talent, the skilled students to these to these jobs. Where they're projecting, Joe, and if I'm not mistaken, there's so many industries that they're projecting that um, there's going to be a shortage in, in skilled workers. So we it's need to help, and they're here at Gateway.
6: Okay. And I think what the students will find is as they start their career, even coming out of school with a certificate or even an associate's degree, as you start working, and everybody dreams of a certain job, but when you get there, after a little while, it's like, where do I go next? People, a lot of people always want to keep upward mobility, and, and the alumni will help guide them. And never mind, coupled with tuition reimbursement programs, life is a—it's a lifelong uh, learning, whether it's a personal or whether it's a career. And I, I have friends that I went to school with back in the '80s. I, I see them almost once a week. So I mean, you, you're building re- long-term relationships too.
0: I like it. So my my good friend Ruby Melton, <laughs> you probably know Ruby Melton. Yes. Yeah,
5: <laughs> He sits on our
6: board. She's one of the leaders. Yes,
0: good friend. I know why she serves on that board. Joe, why do you serve on this board?
6: For me, you know, I'm I'm on the Red Cross board, and I'm also I decided that you know I I retired. I'm doing a little consulting work, but again, it it was about giving back to the community, giving back to the school that helped me start, and 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 then I also the company that I'm I'm doing consulting work has a need for. Uh, for workers so if again i can bridge all that that would be great i used to work for yale university as an electrician and an alumni of gateway recruited me to come work for ui wow. uh, and, it, and it worked out great it worked that's, out great so the process story. does work the process does work so
0: victoria you're getting ready for this event um and you're reaching out to alumni you've got a long laundry list of alumni that y'all are emailing and social media finding and all of that what what do you what do you want people to 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 know about uh, uh, why you all are doing this like why now and why this push to 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 strengthen the alumni association?
5: i I think the the greatest uh, you know takeaway or, or the importance of this network is to stay connected and uh it's there's just so many possibilities and and so many opportunities uh, that you can leverage if you just stay connected and i think um y- you know as as joe mentioned you know you you work there there are so many people that are reinventing themselves you know as joe said you 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 get to a 20-year career and you you realize that um, you'd like to change, or the pandemic has actually kind of created um, you know individuals to kind of reset and reexamine and and look at other areas that they'd like to uh, work in. So you know strengthening this um, uh, uh, network not only provides the support for uh, current students that are going through. Um, not just um, uh, um, financial support, but the professional uh, development support. But it also really allows those that have been successful to give back and to support and really lift students.
0: Hmm. Well, I appreciate you both coming on this morning and talking about uh, Gateway Community College and it's um, building its alumni association with the kickoff June 21st. At uh, Elmar on Shelton Avenue. Uh, if y'all are listening, who are Gateway graduates or great Gateway alums, uh, get in touch with Darcy Victoria D- uh, Dancy and let her uh, 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 know that you want to come and show up on June twenty first.
5: Bab and we and Bab, we hope that you'll join us too as a guest. I might just
0: pop by. I, you know, you're in my neighborhood.
5: <laughs> yes, and, and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful space. So we're actually the um, the space the gentleman that owns the space we're gonna have he uh, he um, makes all the pizza ovens for the city of New Haven so we're gonna have nice pizza uh, nice refreshments and it's just gonna be a great evening. Okay. Well, thank you so much,
0: Victoria, for reaching out. Thank Lovely you. to um, Joe Thomas. I appreciate y'all for coming on, and uh, I'm a fan of Gateway Community College. So thank, thank you so much. All
2: right.
0: Thank you. you. Have touch. a great day. great day. You too. You too. Have a good weekend. Bye bye. All right. All right, Harry. You you're, you're alum. I want to see you Wednesday at the uh, at the at the event. <laughs> you you got your invitation from uh, Victoria, so you you that's your thing. So I'm on my way out. Thank you, Paul Bass, for running up on that wonderful med student. That, uh, and she's a Latina. Uh, Going to be a cardiologist. Oh, so Lord, let me keep my heart strong long enough so she can become my doctor. Uh, I hope everybody's good. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's what, Friday? We'll be back. And uh, y'all be safe out there. Thank you,
2: Harry.